This week on Fear Not, the podcast that tells us why we're afraid of all the wrong things. New York is banning street hot dogs. What? Security systems are missing one thing. Security. Is your toilet bad for you? Bill Gates thinks so. Fear GMOs? Nah. Fear GMMs. Genetically modified monkey brains. 3,000 severed penises found in a mortician's house. Dr. Barry tells us why the NRA is scarier than we thought and our weekly feature, Fear Florida. That and so much more on Fear Not. Today is gonna be a good day. Don't care what anybody else say. Oh, I don't need a fortune cookie to tell me the way I'm feeling. Gonna be a good day. Welcome to the second episode of our new podcast, Fear Not. I'm Alonzo Bowden, comedian and super fan of my co-host, Dr. Barry Glasner, the world's foremost expert on fear. Thanks, Alonzo. And debunking fear is indeed what I do every day for a living. Barry, you literally wrote the book on fear, The Culture of Fear, Why Americans Are Afraid of the Wrong Things. And I wrote it because I was skeptical of the fiction that was being fed to us every day as fact. And you know what you're talking about because you're a sociologist, right? Exactly. And we're trained to dig for the truth and how people use misinformation as a way to manipulate others. And you know, I also get to tell everyone the things that they should fear. Kind of scares me just thinking about it. We also answer questions, so send us your fears. We're on Twitter at FearNotOfficial or go to FearNotOfficial.com and send us an email. While you're there, you can click subscribe to get an alert when episodes are posted or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's see what's trending in the world this week, Alonzo. Headline number one. Barry, I hear a lot about fear in GMOs, genetically modified organisms like food and stuff like that. Um, Genetically modified monkey brains? Yeah, I'm not not really afraid of GMOs. Uh, We'll talk about that in another episode. But let's get into this thing about uh, monkey brains. So this story is about how Chinese scientists have inserted human brain cells, human brain genes, into monkey brains. What? Yeah. So the headline says... <laughs> no, wait, wait. Say, say this again. Tell me again. What did you just say? They inserted what into where? Human brain genes into monkey brains. This story is about real monkeys with real human genes. In a study published last month in the Chinese journal National Science Review, a group of Chinese scientists report that they created a new type of monkey with a human brain gene. So basically what happened is the scientists in China added some human genes to monkeys. They were hoping to learn more about how human brains develop. So let, let me just jump ahead here. Mm-hmm. Somebody was watching Planet of the Apes, weren't they? They were <laughs> like, this looks like a good idea. Let's, um, let's crossbreed. I mean, is, is it a crossbreeding thing? What, what is the purpose of this and what's the fear of this? So the purpose of this was to try to learn more about human brains and be able to do all kinds of things in science and medicine. Uh, but I don't know about you. Personally, I'm much more concerned about people getting dumber 
than I am about monkeys getting smarter. Uh, you know, that's just me. Sadly, right <laughs> now, I'd say it's a close race. With, with, <laughs> with humans, are we dropping down or are the monkeys catching up? I don't know. But who is upset about this? So what made this all happen is one person who was working on the study who got upset, thinking that this isn't ethical because who knows what could come of this. This sounds like X-Men. And just the other day, I was talking to Wolverine, and he said it was all natural. <laughs> he was born part Wolverine, so I don't think the science... No, this is the kind of thing that they get worked up about, right? Because they always say that we're going to genetically engineer humans or they're going to, like, make you could... What Didn't we have the designer baby thing? Where they were like, okay, I want my baby to be male and this tall or female and this whatever. So is is that what they're worried about here? What they're worried about is that they're going to get really, really smart monkeys, right? That can... But you know we've we've been. I didn't in a think long we time. were doing the Fear Florida segment up front, <laughs> but apparently we've already jumped down there because you know down there they they're worried about those smart monkeys in Florida. I promise you this will be a Florida story before the end of the year. <laughs> you know the cool thing about this is if you really read into what happened, this is the killer quote from me: "In theory and in reality, there." is no humanness observed in these transgenic monkeys since only one gene was changed among tens of millions of genetic differences between humans and monkeys. That's what one of the people on the study said. So you said this comes from one guy, right? Like one scientist is upset about this, and and I'm assuming it takes a whole team, if not an army of scientists, to do genetic experimentation, right? Mm -hmm. So is this case, is this real or did this guy like find out that someone's getting paid more than him and now he's got a beef or, you know, you know, what I mean, is this just his personal thing that he he doesn't like this idea or did he have some moral moment? Yeah, I think he had a moral moment. I think that's a good way to put it. I don't know how he feels more deeply about this stuff. You know, this goes way back, Alonzo. I think of this, sometimes I call these things the Frankenstein fear that, you know, it's sometimes called. Uh, technophobia and stuff like that, that somehow scientists will do something that'll create this whole new scary phenomenon, this this species that'll take over humans. Uh, It hasn't happened. It didn't happen in uh, Mary Shelley's time when when she wrote Frankenstein. And it probably won't happen this time. But apparently among rank and file hungry journalists, it makes for, you know, great stories. But I'll tell you one thing. If you really want to fear something... Here's what it is. There was an NBC.com poll that they did. It asked, should scientists be allowed to use human genes to modify monkeys' brains? 50% said absolutely not. There need to be more limits on what scientists can do. That's scary. It should be the other way around. Let them do their thing. This is why I don't know if I'm scared of this or if it's just real. For one thing, we can't let the idiots run the asylum, right? Because people in America, a large group, have developed this fear of science. Right. And my thing with that is everything was magical until we figured it out, right? Like there was a time when lightning was, was God is angry at you. You know what I mean? And then they were like, oh, no, it's a buildup of static electricity. Like science explained it. We can't dumb down the argument for dumb people. So since they're that dumb and they say, oh, we shouldn't experiment on monkeys, can't we just look at them and say, we're not and then they'll go away because they're not smart people. I think the thing to fear <laughs> is people who are fearful of science 
and are opposing science. Well, I so can see totally where you would you. have a personal interest in that. <laughs> That's right. Because Barry would be unemployed. Yeah. So, so genetic monkeys, genetic monkey brain experiments, et cetera, et cetera. Fear or fear not? Fear not. Fear not. That's now, not one true. other question. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they were having dinner <laughs> and they cracked open that monkey's head, now say it's not tasty and you wanted like garlic monkey brains. Couldn't we do something there? Maybe have a chocolate monkey brain or just, how about that? Can we? I'm with you. All right. Let's do it. Let's right. do it. Here we go. Headline two. The next question we got on Twitter from a listener at Mamacy, and it simply says, help, my home alarm system is ruining my life. You'd think they'd call 911, but no, they called us. <laughs> and we appreciate it. Uh, so Alonzo, this is an issue that I've done a lot of research on. Uh, I even talked about it uh, for an article in the New York Times. And what we're talking about here is the kind of home alarm system, security system, where they have cameras and, you know, you can access them from uh, your phone anywhere you are 24-7. Uh, and the idea is that for a price you pay every month for the subscription, uh, you know, you'll have peace of mind, right? Okay, I, I'm going to jump in on this because I actually have one of these systems. I bought a new house. Well, not a new house. New to me. I bought a house. And one of the things they said for my homeowner's insurance was to have this system, but not for not for burglary, for fire. They, mm -hmm. they said they wanted that. So I got, you know, the, the system, they have the sensors on the window. Now I have a camera in the backyard and a camera inside the house. And to me, it's kind of a joke like, oh, look, now I can watch the guy rob my house. Like there's not, I know there's nothing I can do about it. But from what I understand, there's a fear people have, not of, of the waste of money of watching these cameras, but of the cameras watching them. That can happen <laughs> in back in reverse. But you know, what we're talking about here is a $50 billion industry, the home alarm industry, home security industry. And it's gotten so big because of the smartphone technology. And what, what are people doing with it? Not just what you're doing with it. This is sold especially effectively to parents and especially effectively to parents of teenagers. And some of the ads actually get into that, like install a camera on the liquor cabinet. But you know, there's a real problem with this, you know, uh, is that really the way you want to relate to your kids? This is what you want to teach them. Well, this is something that I, I joke about it because I'll be doing a show and somebody's on the phone and, and I joke with it, like, what are you doing? Checking on the kids? Like, yeah, I'm checking on the kids. And I tell them, you realize your kid could be texting you from anywhere. Right. Your kid could be next door at the bar saying, yeah, mom, I'm home about to go to bed because you know what? Parents, are you listening? Your kids are better with the technology than you. Yes, they can easily fool you. But but these systems and these cameras and, and all of this stuff, I mean, I'm I'm reading a book, a great book by a guy named Jeffrey Deaver, who it's a suspense crime thing about someone who knows how to hack into these systems, right? And and create havoc for people. I mean, yeah. like I said, it, is the camera watching you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's Let smarter? Me... You are the technology. There was a great article in the Washington Post. It starts off this way. Tara Thomas thought that her daughter was having nightmares. There's a monster in my room, the almost three-year-old would say, sometimes pointing to the green light on the Nest cam installed on the wall above her bed. Then Thomas realized that her daughter's nightmares were real. In August, she walked into the room and heard pornography playing through the Nest cam. 
That is something new. So, you know, well, it's one way to get it free. I'm going to hell for this. I'm going to hell. I'm sorry. No, this this is this is what I'm talking about, though. So it's really a two-way communication device. Yeah, they hack in and they can respond in this kind of way. But it, at least as important as they can get all kinds of data from you. So if you want to protect your house, how about you go old school and get a dog? In point of fact... There's no solid evidence that having these systems will prevent burglaries or protect your home. A dog, in fact, is probably a better deterrent. Uh, what I recommend to people when I give talks around the country is, if you like dogs, get one, so long as you get a real loud one. If, you don't, if you're a cat person or you don't want a really loud dog, just get a continuous loop on your phone or on your computer that sounds like a loud dog and put it by the front of the house well i went old school i actually got a rottweiler that i don't feed when i'm away <laughs> so i hope you do break in because rex is hungry come on in <laughs> all right all right so uh let's so, see okay so alarm systems high-tech security smart devices in the home fear or fear not fear not don't waste a lot of money on all right, so I'm not going to be afraid of my thermostat because I honestly thought it was out to get me. Headline number three. Well, this one is, uh, is about hot dogs. Now, I'm not talking about the gourmet kind that I love, right? But the kind that you can buy in every street corner in New York City. In the, in the brown water that had been sitting there all day. And, and that's what gives them the flavor. Barry, with your gourmet. You you don't get a gourmet hot dog. You get a dirty street dog. They're delicious. I love them. They're not as good as Dodger <laughs> dogs, but that's a whole different topic, right? For another time. So what 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 happened here is this article that was published first on iHeartRadio's platform, and then it made made the rounds. It was entitled "New York City to Ban Hot Dogs and Processed Meats to Improve Climate." <laughs> How about a little bit of science? How do they attach processed food to climate change to banning hot dogs? That's a much bigger topic, but in fact, a lot of the processing does contribute to, to climate change. What happened is that the city government is planning to reduce the purchase of hot dogs and other processed meats at city-run facilities. So, you know, places like hospitals and public schools and so forth, where maybe they don't need the hot dogs the same way I do when I'm walking around New York and I really need a hot dog. But that doesn't mean that hot dogs have been banned or have to be banned, and that's not happening. I want people to believe hot dogs are illegal and just roll up on random vendors in New York and say, hey, your hot dogs are illegal, and let's all just video what happens. <laughs> can we do that? Can we, can we just let the idiots run with the fake story and see what happens when they just hit the average New Yorker with you are eating an illegal hot dog right now? Hot dogs are not banned in New York City, right? We want to let everybody know that. In fact, they're not banned in New York City. See, Barry, you're a better person than me. I mean, and we knew that going in because <laughs> I want people to believe this story. So what we have is a story that started out with science and shifted to stupid. We should pretty much wrap up our podcast on that because that's almost every story we do. <laughs> All right. Fear so, or fear not, Barry. You should not. Down in Florida, we welcome you to the Sunshine State. All right, you know what that music means, right? It means it's time for my favorite segment, Fear Florida. Yes, yes. The news out of Florida this week. Okay, you're going to love this. This <laughs> news is great if you think stupid is great. 
Aren't we making America great again? What is that? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. You want stupid? Check this out. A few days after buying an $8 million private island, Andrew Lippy gets busted for stealing from Kmart. $300 worth. Attention, Kmart shoppers. We've got a man with an $8 million island stealing odds and ends <laughs> from Kmart. He, he took, he bought, and it wasn't just stealing. He was creative about it, okay? He bought a $150 Keurig. You know the high-tech coffee makers, mm -hmm. cup by cup? And then... He put an old coffee maker in the box, took it back to the store, returned the old coffee maker, and got his $150 back. He s stole LED light bulbs. I guess you don't want to waste too much money on electricity on your $8 million island. Uh, he also, he also just, just to so show that he's not, you know, just starting out, he has a 12-bedroom resort in Key West. MTV used his resort to tape of the real world. He has that resort on Airbnb, 1800 bucks a day. He's making 1800 bucks a day in rent money, and he's down at Kmart, allegedly, we have to say allegedly, stealing 300 bucks worth of stuff. I Barry, I don't even know if there's a fear here. You know what the fear is? Florida. No, no that he leaves Florida. That he leaves Florida. <laughs> the, the fear is that he leaves Florida. How do you put a man on house arrest when he's got a 12 bedroom mansion and an $8 million island. Do you just, you know what? Lock him up at Kmart. That's what I say. <laughs> I like it, I like it. All right, I say Fear Florida. Headline number four. Alonzo, it's time to talk about poo and I don't mean Winnie. Bill Gates has been busy in his second life as a billionaire philanthropist. On Tuesday in China, he took the next step in his crusade against poverty and disease by showing the room a jar of poo. Well, I brought a little exhibit here. Uh, this is a container of human feces. Uh, I'm famous that once in a speech I released mosquitoes. This we're going to keep in the jar. Okay, I love it. Bill Gates just held up a jar of human feces, proving that he is still a nerd and does not know how to interact with humans. Bill, you don't do that amongst people. Stop it. That, that, this clip is great. I love this too. At a toilet expo, don't you like that there are toilet expos? <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> so Bill Gates apparently thinks that our toilets are in need of a major overhaul. And I think, you know, the moral of that story is that billionaires who became billionaires based on technology like new te new technology so what new technology is there in the toilet game there are lots of examples here's one <clears throat> so google was recently granted a patent for a toilet that would gauge a person's blood pressure as they sit down uh i mean you know haven't <laughs> we been checking blood pressure in a much easier way for you know pretty much since they invented blood pressure also i think that my blood pressure is going to go up if i know i'm i don't that, stop know. we don't want to know barry we don't want to know what kind of problems you're running into that's raising your blood pressure there's children out there <laughs> Uh, here's another one. This is a San Francisco-based startup that's called Toy Labs, T-O-I. And they're currently testing True Loo toilet seat. Okay, what's this going to do? It's going to attach to your toilet, 
and it's going to use, quote, optical sensors that scan what's in the toilet. So apparently what they're looking for is to analyze urine and stool for abnormalities in color consistency, volume, that kind of thing. I don't know if that means you have great health insurance or horrible health insurance. Does that mean your insurance is so good they're even checking that? Or is your insurance so bad that it doesn't even, it won't cover a doctor visit? Look, we'll just take a look and we'll let you know. But what about what about the comfort <laughs> toilets? Okay, because th those are the ones I've read about, the ones with, with air jets and heated seats, and they, they sound like, you know, the front seat of a new Lincoln Continental or something like that. It's got a little massage feature, and of course, it'll clean you up when you're done. What is Bill involved in those? Uh, I think that predates this, you know. I, I sat on some of those in Japan several years ago. Uh, and they were very comfy. They're Again, very let's comfy. try not to make this personal. I'm just saying. <laughs> One question is whether your toilet can not only have all this data, but predict your health, right? Um, which seems a little creepy to me, right? And and how would it work? So I when I stand up, does it say you got 10 more years? You know, this this all goes back to grandmothers, okay? Because I can remember when I was a kid, if you felt sick, Grandma's question, did you have a BM? Did you have a BM like that? So so we've come full circle to high-tech grandmothers checking if you've had a BM. You know, while all this talk is going on, it's like a lot of other things that we talk about here. That The last time there was a study done of this, which was just a few years ago, here in America, the wealthiest nation on earth, upwards of 1.6 million people are living without full indoor plumbing. And that that's something we should fear yeah. and figure out. That's something yeah, we should figure out. Yeah, that's too bad. Right. That's too bad. Right, right, right. Okay, so old-fashioned toilets. Fear or fear not? <laughs> fear not about these newfangled or old-fangled toilets, even though you don't like that expression. <laughs> I love that word. Okay. I love it. But in terms of Bill Gates and high-tech toilets, no. Okay. No. It's time for my favorite segment. Barry's fear of the week. What are you afraid of this week, Barry? Uh, the NRA. First off, I got this letter here. It came to my address from the NRA. It says, when somebody hits you and attacks your freedoms, you fight back. And right now, hundreds of gun-hating politicians, judges, and media elites are doing everything in their power to destroy your freedom. They're attacking your freedom in the courts. They're attacking in cities and, and, and small towns across America. They're attacking the states. Make no mistake, the battle lines are drawn. Freedom's enemies are on the march, and they're promising to fight on and never surrender until they tear the heart out of our Second Amendment rights. By the way, I'm glad you're on their mailing list, and I'm not. <laughs> I get on a lot of mailing lists. Otherwise, I couldn't bring them for the podcast, right? Well, the NRA, this, this is a thing with them. They're always afraid, and it's always on behalf of freedom, right? Mm -hmm. that, that broad, vague boogeyman that they like to use they're, they're freedom they're coming after the freedom they're actually a dangerous organization the nra was originally established a long time ago 1871 uh, it was to train hunters and marksmen which they still do to some extent but what's happened is it's it's turned into this vicious political lobby that re, you know resists any encroachment on what they consider unhindered unregulated gun ownership 
And how do they do it? That's why we're talking about it. They do it through fear-mongering, like what you just heard in that letter that I got, right? And they do more fear-mongering than just about any group I've ever studied. Here's what might be most shocking of all. 74% of NRA members support background checks, okay? So even their members don't support how crazy far they've gone in their support of more gun sales. But that, again, all kidding aside, that goes along with stuff I've read where they say the the average member of the NRA is not a crazy gun nut who wants, you know, AR-15s in the hands of school teachers. The average NRA member is what you originally talked about, a hunter or somebody who wants to protect their home or whatever, and they're okay with background checks and common sense being involved in gun ownership. That's right, and if they could really take over the NRA a lot better yeah well i know that they said gun sales went down after barack obama left office because they had them so worked up in fear that barack obama was going to come take their guns that he was actually going to go house to house door to door and <laughs> take the guns out of the house that they sold a lot more guns mm -hmm. and and now that's gone right so so with trump in office what are they afraid of well so they got five million members right and what are they afraid of? They're afraid of losing their power is what they're afraid of. But here's why I bring it up on this podcast right now. Some liberals and some gun safety groups are saying that the NRA is becoming a thing of the past, that they're dying out. Okay, this is from the Maddow blog, as in Rachel Maddow's blog. It says, the NRA appears to be falling apart right now. Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch. The well, they had that big, in or they have an ongoing infight or something right between oliver north and wayne lapierre their, their two yeah, leaders are going at it and he got so. kicked out north did but the first comment on her blog post i love this don't bet on the destruction of the nra they have powerful backers and a lot of money that's right so you know i wanted to bring this up because uh you know they're not going anywhere so who's backing them where does the money come from big money interests and from a lot of small donors so that kind of letter that I read you, uh, they get a lot of money out of those. They get money from gun manufacturers, don't right. they? So what are they mostly about? They're mostly about the gun industry and about selling more guns. That's what it's all about. So when they talk about things like what's the solution to a bad guy with a gun, a good guy with a gun, how do you protect your home with more guns? What they're doing is selling more guns. They're supporting the gun industry that supports them, right? So should we fear them? Why should we fear them? Uh, we should fear them because each day, on average, 95 Americans die from gun violence. A lot of those deaths are from exactly the kind of thing that they're blocking, like gun safety, simple common sense things. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to tell you how to support the NRA. Elect a Democrat. That's right. Nothing scares them more. Nothing raises them more money. Nothing is better for them than a Democratic president. So next year, whoever the Democrat is, you know he's out to get your guns. I think you need to elect him so more people will give money to the NRA so you can be angrier. How's that? All right. Is the NRA on the way out or should we fear the NRA? No, they're not going anywhere and we should fear them. They're very dangerous. Okay. So before we indulge in a nightcap, there are a few things that we wanted to 
revisit sometimes. And the first one here is the measles outbreak. People stop anti-vax. They stop vaccinating their kids. The whole anti-vax thing is terrible. And here, here's, here's, here's the update. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. made some scary comments about vaccinations. He announced his support of litigation aimed at combating New York City's efforts to force residents to get vaccinated because of the measles outbreak. Kennedy said, quote, we are confident that no American court will allow government bureaucrats to force American citizens to take risky pharmaceutical products against their will. And his family said that Kennedy is, quote, complicit in sowing distrust of the science behind vaccines. They said his and others' work against vaccines is having heartbreaking consequences, and indeed, that's exactly true. The idea that we had this disease basically eradicated, mm -hmm. and now it's coming back because people, for whatever reason, decide not to vaccinate their kids, it's ridiculous. The irony here is that President John F. Kennedy, this guy's uncle, signed the Vaccination Assistance Act in 1962. This was the act that allowed the CDC to support mass immunization campaigns and to initiate maintenance programs. And his comments caused members of his own family to come out and say, and I quote, we love Bobby. He's one of the great champions of the environment. However, on vaccines, he's wrong. That was written in a letter to Politico by his sister, his brother, and his niece. And you know what? I haven't looked this up, but I'm pretty sure that Robert Kennedy Jr. was probably vaccinated. I got to update you. I, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. You, you know, you got to But I got to update you on this one because this is the one, again, I still say follow the mules. This is my idea. Okay. <laughs> we got another person who fell into the Grand Canyon. Now, tragically, all jokes aside, I mean, it's a 70-year-old woman. She fell 200 feet. Um, so now we've got four deaths, people falling into the Grand Canyon. And you know, the annual death toll is 17, I think we found, right? I can't, I can't be responsible here because this is what happens. You said the death toll is normally higher because of plane crashes, right? right. Helicopter crashes. So what's going to happen is somebody's going to be listening to our mm -hmm. podcast and they're actually going to be looking up at a plane <laughs> as they walk over the edge of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I cannot be a part of this, Barry. I, it, don't be, listen, if you're listening to our show, don't be afraid of the Grand Canyon. All right. The Grand Canyon is not out to get you. Just follow the signs. I don't know how they can make it easier. If you see a railing, don't climb over the railing. I don't know how this 70-year-old woman fell. And, and again, it is tragic when it happens. But this isn't a case of the National Park being dangerous. It's a case of be careful. We always look for one totally ridiculous story that's been all over Twitter been all over social media and the story is just too ridiculous to be true well this story's been making the uh, social media rounds for a long time keeps coming back around okay here it is the fbi raided a house in houston texas owned by a guy named dave murray dave worked as a mortician at the harris county morgue for umpteen years and he's a retired man they they went to his house what did they find barry three thousand one hundred and seventy eight bottles filled with formaldehyde, and each bottle of formaldehyde was preserving a penis. That's right. The man had 3,000 penises in his house and a cleaning woman who was horrified. <laughs> Why do people buy into these stories? Let's get to the bottom line here. This is on an entertainment website that I'm not going to give the name of, 
um, because they get too much attention anyway. You know, they published this false report. But the great thing in it is that there's a, there's a picture of this guy that you mentioned, Dave Murray. And the picture isn't Dave Murray. It's actually uh, from Outrageous Mugshots galleries, which you can look at. And it shows somebody named Eric Batscheller, who was arrested in 2011 for violating his parole. But this thing was picked up all over the place. Yeah, that was a problem that, right. that CNN, NBC, Fox, you name it, they all reported this mm -hmm. as a real story. I think, you know what my favorite thing is? The number, 3,178, <laughs> like a specific <laughs> number of fake penises. But here's here's the thing about that, and every con artist will tell you this, right? The more specific the story, the more likely people will believe it. So if you just had 3,000 penises, people go, oh man, you're lying. But you had 3,178. That means somebody counted them. All right. I think on this one, fear not. Um, I'm not afraid of fake penises or fake penis stories. <laughs> fear not. Fear not the fake penis, even if it is an exact number. Right. That's it for this week's show. Now, if you like what you heard, or even if you hated what you heard, just hit the subscribe button to our podcast. Tune in every week. If you hate us, put it in the comments, but follow us. Either follow us or you're going to die. Right, Barry? Well, at least give us a five-star review, all right? That'll help us. All right. All right. We'll take five-star reviews, and I promise you won't die, but we will send you a fake penis in a jar because right. we got free time. <laughs> Indeed we do. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Today is gonna be a good day. If you like what you heard, hell, even if you hated what you heard, hit the subscribe button and tune in every week. Give us a five-star review to help us rise on the charts. And if you want a really great read, check out Barry's book, The Culture of Fear, available at Amazon and bookstores everywhere, or follow him at barryglassner.com. And as always, if you hear news stories that make your hair stand on end, or they sound like someone is trying to fill you with fear, send them to us at fearnotofficial.com or tweet us at fearnotofficial, and we'll see if we can uh, find the truth. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you're scared of. Fear Not is a Stone & Company entertainment production hosted by Alonzo Bowden and Dr. Barry Glasner, executive produced by Scott A. Stone, produced and edited by Adam Everest, written by Scott A. Stone, Barry Glasner, and Adam Everest. Alonzo writes stuff too. Don't believe him. Our sound engineer is David I. Legal Beagles, Loeb and Loeb. Crack accountants are 10 key accounting. Special thanks to Gary Brown, Betsy Amster, and Adam's imaginary girlfriend.